friends, welcome to the Universal Sisterhood Podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter, and be the authentic woman she was designed to be. Every human heart is created to be known, loved, and understood. So this is the place where women can share their story. Welcome to episode 73. In today's episode, I chat with Monica Elias. She's an Aussie girl from country New South Wales, and she runs a coaching business called Wholehearted Fiat. She's a mindset coach, and she helps women um, fight, I suppose, the battle in their minds, because we're all waging a battle, and it starts with our mind. So if we can change the way we think, Um, it's really important because our thoughts proceed and help shape our actions, what we say, what we do, how we react to a certain situation, especially today when there is so much coming at us that is really uncharted territory, war, uh, pandemic, and all the emotional baggage that comes with that. Um, In the realm of thought, we're given countless opportunities each day to ponder things that can ultimately and should ultimately lead us to Christ. So um, Monica gives you tools to be able to um, change or or reorient our mindset so that it is um, towards the good, the true and the beautiful. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Okay, welcome to the podcast. Now, before we dive into our conversation, I would love my guest to tell us who she is and what her life looks like right now. Hi, Jess. Um, It's a pleasure to be here. I'm uh, Monica Elias. Um, I am a Catholic life coach for women in Australia. Um, And what does my life look like? I live in Albury with my husband and three children. We have um, one acre, which we came from Sydney, and that's just crazy to us that we have 4,000 square metres of our own, and we have alpacas and chickens, and um, we're living out in the country. Um, but yeah, it's just been the best. And um, so, so you basically have a farm by Sydney standards. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just picked, they were actually all eaten by fruit flies, but we picked our apple haul. So even though most of them aren't edible, it feels like an achievement that we like went apple picking in our own backyard from our two apple trees and oh. got like, like our own little orchard. And how many, how many did you actually pick? Um, we got like 20 wow. or something. So, and yeah. the ones that aren't weren't attacked by fruit flies, were they sweet or not really? Um, they're okay. We haven't really <laughs> tried. They're sort of anyway. We have to look at them a bit, a bit more carefully yeah. and find the you, good. You parts, haven't nailed it yet. No, but it felt like an achievement that we grew that many <laughs> apples. That's great. Yeah. Uh, what type of apple are they? We have one Granny Smith tree and one Pink Lady tree. Um, were the blossoms spectacular? Yes, they are. They were yeah. lovely. Yeah, they're still yeah. pretty small though. Like I was amazed at how many apples small trees can produce. 
Um, wow. Like we only planted them. This is the second year that we've had them. They didn't grow anything last year, just the blossoms. But yeah, so many apples. So wow. Did you have to prop them up or were they strong enough yeah. to hold the apples? No, they were fine. Yeah. Oh, nice. So. I bet. Did you say chickens? Yes. So any veggies? Nothing? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we have a few like, um, what have we got growing? We've got squash and zucchini mostly at the moment. They've gone a bit crazy and there's a few pumpkins. The tomatoes did well, but we sort of, let it all get a bit overgrown like the grass has gotten really long and so we can't really get into most of the garden because it's like yeah. well there could be snakes in there so yeah we're still it's it's a process it's learning how to farmer. manage all of it so yeah. being a farmer it's 24 hours yeah uh 365 days of the year you have no no real off time yeah anyway We'll, we'll talk about that maybe another time. But today, I would really love for you to talk to um, and tell my listeners what actually is life coaching, especially a Catholic life coach. Could you, could you just give us a little bit of a definition of what it is to be a Catholic life coach? Mm -hmm. um, so the type of life coaching that I do specifically is Catholic mindset coaching. Um, but... So basically I will talk to my clients and help them see their mind. I will show them the thoughts that are going on in their mind and the results that they are having in their life. Um, and it's, yeah, I can help basically any result in your life that you are not happy with or that you want to get to so like any goal any habit any virtue that you want to grow in any problem that you want to solve you can tie it all back to your current thinking um and so basically I can help you with like anything which is pretty amazing um and so how it's different from the secular life coaching world is um so this in the secular world ultimately you are the change agent um, it all comes back to just yourself. But for a Catholic mindset coach, the Holy Spirit is the change agent. It's it's ultimately God who, who transforms us. And there's that scripture from Romans, be transformed by the renewing of your mind and like this idea of putting on the mind of Christ. Um, and so that's kind of what I help you do, help you to see the world a little bit more objectively a little bit more like just bring the truth of church teaching and scripture um into how you see everything and um yeah um yeah, what was the other thing so, so who would go to you somebody who um so in, what's the difference i i suppose mm -hmm. between a life coach and a psychologist or a life coach and a spiritual director like Mm -hmm. so um a if you imagine there's like a spectrum of mental wellness from like mm -hmm. negative 10 to positive 10 and zero is like baseline so negative 10 to zero um is like there's mental some kind of mental illness and that's when you would go to seek professional um mental health help so you'd go to a psychologist mm -hmm. or whatever and then but once you've sort of progressed through that and you're better, 
then you're sort of like you're back to baseline you're kind of able to function but then what are most of the time we're not really like looking at what is mental like what does it look like to really thrive like that positive psychology kind of side of things Mm -hmm. and so that's where coaching comes in helps you it's it's mental health and wellness I guess but on the positive side like let's let's be fully alive let's set the world on fire like be everything that God made you to be um Mm -hmm. and sometimes people can see kind of these all three people so you could be working with a counselor a coach and a spiritual director all at the same time because they all do different things um generally though like it kind of depends what you're working on but generally if you're seeing a psychologist you probably won't be seeing a life coach but it's possible in some circumstances that you could see both and then a spiritual director um so one thing like you are obedient to a spiritual director like kind of what they say is kind of like you kind of more or less have to do it's kind of like that they're kind of guiding your relationship with God but a coach never tells you like this is what you have to do this is what you must do they're just like these are your options this is where this path might lead this is where this path might lead let's help like brainstorm together but ultimately you are choosing what to do um and that's where the life coach part comes in right because that's all it's up to you yeah um, so ultimately you decide, whereas with a spiritual director, there's a little bit more like they're kind of, especially if it's a priest, they're kind of like representing our Lord um, kind of in your interior life. And they kind of focus more on like more on your relationship with God. And it's, I guess, so if you think of like human formation and spiritual formation, so like focusing on the cardinal virtues, prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude. That's where a life coach is kind of working in that human formation, the human virtues, and then um, faith, hope, and charity, all the grace, supernatural side. That's kind of where the a spiritual director is working more. But having a solid human formation paves the way for that spiritual formation to be a lot more fruitful. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of helping us become a mature adult so that we mm-hmm. can have a mature spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love um, it's St. John Paul II. He calls mm-hmm. saints, um, forget where it's from, but he uses this expression, experts in humanity. Mm. Like that is what a saint is. Like they are an expert in, not just in like what it is to be a human being in general, like the way that God made us, but also like your unique humanity. Um, Like they have this really deep kind of self-awareness of themselves and their own personality and the unique way that God made them. And they just become like an expert in living all the human virtues. Mm. And yeah, so that's what a life coach helps with, a Catholic life coach. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, so... Before we get into how how you got into this yourself, let's just, um, as an example, like even today, uh, you wake up and we hear the news that, you know, World War III could possibly, quite possibly, you know, be, be an inevitable. Mm-hmm. How does one 
get, you know, you can be bogged down in that heaviness and the fear. How, what would you, how would you coach somebody through that mentally? I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but. Mm. Um, well, it depends. So, um, <laughs> so if I was coaching someone, so we, you, so I also can teach people how to self-coach. So how to uh -huh. like take yourself through the process that kind of um, I've learned and you, that's kind of where the real transformation happens when you kind of do daily journaling and you like take, take all that you have currently to our Lord and he like transforms you over time. And then when you actually work with a coach one-on-one -on -one and you speak to them, they're kind of able to take that deeper and you like learn how to do it better because um, they, they know there's you. someone there's, they know you, but also someone else, when someone else is looking at your mind, they can always spot more thoughts that you, you can't really spot yourself because you're just, they're just assumptions. You just assume that they're true. Um, so where was I going with that? So if I was speaking to someone, um, like I'm I guess, sure so many women have woken up this morning and there's mm, this real heaviness in their heart. They're thinking, you know, my children, everything, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. do I, do I actually want to aspire to, you know, even plant the veggies? Like what's the point? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it's kind of all this. Yeah. So I would, so to... let's say, so let's say um, we would, I ask a bunch of questions and then I choose a certain thought to work with. So let's say um, someone has the thought, like there's no point doing this mundane stuff this mundane yep. stuff is pointless and then we would bring awareness to that thought and we'd say okay how do I feel when I think that um maybe you feel like lazy um and then uh or maybe no hopeless we'll say hopeless um and then I would say okay well when you feel hopeless what do you do or how how did you show up this morning when you were feeling hopeless thinking this thought there's no point doing um all this all the daily things um and they might say like well I didn't do I didn't do the things I was going to do I was grumpy with my kids um I wasn't focused in my prayer um I haven't I wasn't offering things up when issues came up I wasn't problem solving um and yeah we would sort of dig into, okay, what are you doing? What are you not doing? And then you kind of go, then you've got a picture of, okay, is this thought helpful? No matter how true it feels, before we even look at the truth of it, let's go, is it helpful? Is it leading me towards God, to a life of virtue or away from him? And mm. it's not it's not helping. It's not helping the people in Ukraine, that's for sure, because you're just so, you're too busy feeling hopeless to pray for them um, mm. or to just do your normal life and, and offer that up or whatever. Um, so helping your family and um, yeah and so then um, we would go well do we and then we could look at the truth of it and it's like well is that really true is there no point or like what if that's the best way for you to help them to just go about your normal life and yeah. to to offer that up and um, and also what is it implying about God's goodness like is yeah. we're saying like do I really believe that God is in charge and that he's got this um, mm. or, or not? Because it's sort of that thought, having that thought is implying, oh, there's something there that I'm not really 
I'm not really trusting God fully there. Um, so then you sort of just bringing that bit of objectivity to it, saying, okay, is this really true? Okay, it's not, it's not 100% true. It's not even useful. So I'm going to choose to think something else. Um, and so then I would take someone through the process of, okay, what, how do you want to feel instead? What do you want to think about this situation? Um, yeah, in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, then how to, how, to, how to do that. So it's, it's training your mind to think, well, not po positive thoughts, but things that um, are helpful. Not, mm. not Yeah, and it's not, it's not just like we call it um, thought swapping. So it's not just like, la, 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 we just think yeah. positive thoughts. And like, because when you just go, so for example, you might, you, you're probably not ready to go from there's no point to life is wonderful. <laughs> like yeah. that's, if it doesn't feel true, it's not going to help you. Um, yeah. And so you maybe anyway there's there's different different strategies that you can come up with but you could come up with like a thought a ladder of thoughts it's like okay well I, what's the next step up maybe I can just think something that's more neutral neutral is better than hopeless so let's yep. go for that first and it's not about yeah it's not about feeling positive all the time and in fact you um learn how to see your emotions as um data and then directive. So the emotions, the reason that we have emotions is to become aware of thoughts in our mind that need attention. And so instead of feeling guilty for feeling certain emotions or whatever, or like stuffing them down or anything like that, like God gave all of our emotions to us. They're all neutral. We actually just need to be able to look at them and not think, oh my goodness, I feel hopeless. It's an emergency, or I feel desire for that chocolate cake, um, and it's an emergency. You know, I must eat that chocolate cake. Give, give it like, to me now. Yeah, yeah. you can. And, and I'll eat the whole entire cake. Yeah. yeah, you can actually learn to just go become aware. Oh, I I really want that cake, but I don't have to. I can just allow that desire and it, and learn how to just allow your emotions and process them and just let them pass, and then actually learn to use them as fuel for the actions that you do want to do um so yes yeah. so so there's a lot to, there. to that point emotions I, i've read once or heard once that emotions should be fully felt and then handed over mm. to our lord mm -hmm. so suppressing emotions what you know how what's wrong with that well if you imagine like um, the people that I trained with, Metanoia Catholic, um, they always use this analogy, but a beach ball and like shoving it under the water. When you try and do that, it doesn't stay down there. It pops back up. So that's what happens when we try and suppress emotions, ignore them, stuff them down. They just end up resurfacing more spectacularly. Um, yeah. And when you don't deal with an emotion, it actually intensifies. So what might start off as just like a mild annoyance I know I've experienced this with my kids. It starts off with like mild annoyance and I'm just like, no, I shouldn't be annoyed about that. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. And just like shove it down, but not deal with it. Then five minutes later, they're still doing it because I haven't dealt with it. And then it just turns into rage and I explode at them <laughs> um, because I just haven't like managed my mind and my emotions and gone, okay, let's like actually process this and deal with it and decide what I'm going to do. It just gets stuffed down and then... Phew, um, yeah. So, 
You're not alone. I forget what the question was, but yeah. <laughs> oh, about about um, feelings should be fully mm -hmm. felt mm -hmm. and handed over. So when we suppress mm -hmm. them, it clearly isn't healthy. Mm -hmm. um, we need to actually feel whether it is, you know, sadness or hopelessness or Mm -hmm. and and then hand it over like mm -hmm. i feel like this but it's not helpful i'm going to give it to you lord yeah yeah and, and then what mindset coaching does is it helps you actually deal with the like the root of your emotions the root of every emotion is a thought and so when you can learn to how to find what those thoughts are then you can actually process the emotion better because you are looking at the the thought and going okay is it is it good? Is it true? Um, you kind of got just, you've got the whole picture. Do certain um, temperaments deal with that mm. easy, more easily, um, or is it is it everybody? It's just whether or not we uh, think, are able. Um, there was actually a whole section in the course on coaching and the different temperaments. So, like when your client is a different, all of the different temperaments, and like as a coach things to be aware of in the different temperaments. So um, I think, so for example, like the melancholic personality, they might take to this introspective work a bit more easily because they're already pretty introspective and they mm -hmm. think deeply and all of that kind of thing. But we're all made in the same way. And there's each each temperament is going to benefit in different ways I think from from doing mindset work and also every temperament has like different virtues that are there are strengths and different vices that tend to be weaknesses and then doing mindset work can really help you to grow in your areas of weakness um, and channel your strengths in the best way possible mm -hmm. How did you get into this? Can I ask? <laughs> yeah. Um, how did I get into it? So I've been listening to um, Sterling Jaquith on Coffee and Pearls for many years, that podcast. I don't know if you've listened to it. Um, but, yeah, so she was doing that podcast for like five years. She became a Catholic mindset coach and started. What's her name? Sterling. Sterling, Sterling Jaquith. It's an unusual name. Um, it's so a woman. Yes, <laughs> she's a convert, I believe. Um, uh -huh. So she, um, so her podcast now is called Made for Greatness. Um, okay. And so they run a Catholic life coaching business for Catholic mums. And so I joined that. So my baby, my third baby was born 11th of March last year. No, May, sorry. And then... By the start of June, I had joined. So they have a membership, a monthly program, um, and they have coaching calls and little like video lessons on all different topics like um, parenting and um, minimalism and um, what stuff do they have? Stress and overwhelm, time management, weight loss. Um, so, so yeah, I joined that and then I think it was within June, July, August. I think by the end of August, I had just been so amazed at how helpful it was. And then I had also at the same time read Jennifer Fulweiler's two books uh, or two of her books. The, um, what's it called? 
I'm beautiful dream. I'm beautiful dream and your blue flame. So yeah. I read them in that order, and it was like right at the same time that I was like thinking, "Hey, Sterling became a life coach," and I've always kind of wanted to do that. Like I didn't really know it was a thing, but I've always loved helping people with goals and just loved personal development and all that kind of thing. So I was like, well, she did it. So maybe I can do it as well. And then I read Jennifer Fulweiler's books and it kind of gave me permission to be like, mm. yes, I'm going to do this thing. Um, and then I just sort of ran with it and found Metanoia Catholic and joined their program, The Purgative Way, um, to be trained as a Catholic mindset coach. And that was amazing. Um, so it hasn't even been a year yet that I've been using these tools and my life is like completely different. Like I've gone and started this online business and I'm like putting myself out there on social media, which is just like, if there, if you need any evidence that this can help <laughs> you do anything and like blow your mind with what's possible, I am like the living and breathing evidence of it. Um, because a year ago I would have been like, if like if you had told me that you're gonna be like putting yourself all over social media and like doing videos and like doing an online business where you have to show up on camera I would have been like you're crazy there is no way um so yeah well, well been... done well done you <laughs> thank you um and so I just wanted to share some other things that it's helped me with so um since my baby was born I've lost nearly 10 kilos I can hear God's voice, like I hear his voice with greater clarity than ever. And not just when I'm like praying, but my mind is, I find it so much less cluttered that I can, I'm aware of his presence so much more throughout the day. Um, I'm a lot kinder to myself in the way that I speak to myself. Um, I'm a more patient mother. I can handle so much more than before, like before I hit the I can't cope anymore um, mm. breaking point. Um, I And then the other day I had a, a really huge win um, that I'm just still sto stoked about. So I've had, it's just kind of random, but anyway, um, I've had a fear of vomit basically my whole life. And basically what that means is, so my, my son threw up a few days ago and normally what that would have looked like is I would have probably just hidden in my room and tried to not be near him at all. I kind of tried, I would have just been like, yeah, just sit over here and then Paul will clean it up and you just sit here with the bucket and a bit of water and, and I'll just hide. <laughs> I would have hidden, I wouldn't have continued making dinner and I would have just been in my room for the rest of the evening. I would have made my husband sleep in the guest room that night to intercept anybody that was coming to our room. Um, and I would have spent the next few days just completely panicking that we're all going to drop like flies and it's, there's going to be vomit everywhere and it's going to be terrible. Um, so what coaching has helped me with was the process of forcing myself to watch videos of people vomiting, basically, um, and like working through a hierarchy of exposures over the last like four or five months. Um, and so when he did throw up, I was like able to deal with it. I put him in the bath and like cleaned everything up, went on with making dinner. Um, we were eating dinner and he was sitting on the side and he was having a bit of toast. And then he threw up while we were eating and I just kept on eating my dinner and I didn't run away. 
and I didn't make my husband sleep anywhere else that night. And I also just didn't have this overwhelming sense of like constant panic, panic yeah. about like what was going to happen. And so, yeah, like it was still like I was still stressed about it. Um, it was still kind of scary. And I had definitely the urge to like leave. I was like, I don't really want to be here. But then I was like, able to be like, no, I've watched like so many hours of people throwing up. I can handle this. <laughs> like, it's fine. And so, yeah, so that just felt like a massive win. I'm not completely over it, but it was huge. Progress. So, so did you have a traumatic event in your mm. childhood for that to be an issue or is that just maybe a think, yeah, feeling think, of lack of control or? I think probably both um I think typically there is some kind of traumatic event but not not like it's not like yeah, it I, doesn't have to be huge yeah it's just like yeah. what to some people they're like no whatever someone threw up but then to someone maybe who's like just maybe more sensitive and maybe has a really strong aversion to gross things um yeah. it just like for whatever reason it freaked me out um so yeah and, so that was and how did you how did you know to work I mean I know you know because it, it freaks you out and you have a quite a a not exaggerated but quite a strong reaction to somebody vomiting yep. um how do you know to think okay I'm going to work on that and not you know my aversion to something else mm. Well, like, I think um, I just kind of been a number of taking like taking me a few years to kind of even realize that it was a thing, a, a thing, and like a problem. Like I, I just thought it was like totally reasonable to <laughs> to be yeah. this worried about vomit. Um, but then I sort of realized, especially once I started having kids, it was like because vomit can happen anytime you kind of it's not like being scared of going on the plane because you know when that's going to happen you never know yeah. when vomit is going to happen and so it was like always at the back of my mind like I'd be saying goodnight to my kids but not able to like fully enjoy it because it would be in the what back of my mind it? like what if what if they're already sick and I don't know and I'm like close to them and I'm like going to catch it and what if they vomit tonight and all of this stuff so um and then just like yeah, I guess lots of conversations with my husband and like, I'm like, yeah, of course I want to like go and hide in my room. And he's like, no, <laughs> like that's not, it's not normal. Um, so yeah. And then I think I, I Googled fear of vomit one day and was like, whoa, it's a thing. And I don't even have the worst form of it. Um, so yeah. yeah. And so then I found, I got a book called the emetophobia manual, which like teaches you how to free yourself from it basically so I've been working through that so that plus the, so the mindset work helped me to actually do the steps that were in the book because uh -huh. there was a part of me that was like I don't want to look at videos of people vomiting <laughs> no yeah. thank you um so to actually take that action is where the mindset work really helped me so uh -huh. yeah that was yeah it's been pretty amazing I felt oh, so free I was like I'm yeah. not like trapped by this thing anymore that's amazing. So, yeah. So, but it's not a one, one-time fix. This is going to be a lifelong thing, or is it once you? I think it won't be lifelong. Once you train your mind. Yeah, I think. Um, I think it'll take another couple of months, maybe, of doing the last. Like, there's like the last levels of exposure. Um, anyway, I don't want to. Don't want this to be in a metaphobia episode. Yeah, <laughs> but no worries. Um, 
yeah, so I think there'll be a few more months, but I'm hopeful that it'll be a lifelong fix after that. So we will see. <laughs> well, congratulations. You've, you. done, you've done very well. And it hasn't even been a year. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, so how important is it to control our thoughts or to... I think it's awareness um, of our thoughts first. Aware, of all. That's, aware. that's the first step. And then when you're a, once you're aware, because most of the time we're not aware. Mm -hmm. Um, but once you're aware, then and you're able to like, like you kind of are aware and come to an understanding of your thoughts and where they're leading, and then you judge like this is all using our higher intellect, like judge whether they're good or bad, fruitful or rotten fruit um or or whatever the case is or true or not true and then um and then ultimately we have a better picture that we can present to the will and then we choose because that's the best mm -hmm. news ever we have like our free will the means choice. that we always like our thoughts are always optional except okay with this exception of if you have severe mental health issues mm -hmm. that's why coaching isn't really for people who aren't mentally well because it can't actually work if your mind isn't like functioning properly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we our, our thoughts are optional, but they don't feel like it most of the time, and that means our feelings are optional uh -huh. um, as well. Yeah. So it's, yeah. <clears throat> so you have something um, for women uh, during Lent. Lent mm -hmm. is starting very very soon, in a few days, in fact. No. Um, and I know Lent for many, many Catholics uh, is always a time of year where, which they um, are not excited about. <laughs> how, how important mm -hmm. is it to have um, a change of thought, being aware of our thoughts during this process? Because I know a lot of people think it's, it is denial, mm -hmm. but if we change our thought processes, it's actually it becomes a form of love, really. Mm. So can you, can you tell us so, what you've got? Yeah. So, okay. So I'll tell you what it is. So um, it's called the Frustration Free Lent Community. And it's um, basically if you've ever felt frustrated with yourself during Lent um, or with your circumstances, like maybe you're a mum and it feels like every time you try and start doing some morning prayer routine, the kids go crazy and just, just life happens. Um, and, or maybe you feel like um, I've picked this thing and like, it should have been so easy. Like I should be able to do this every day, but I just can't, or like, it's so like easy compared to say what Christians in the Ukraine are going through or what the martyrs went through or whatever like it's so small why can't I deal with this um never gonna be a saint this is impossible. yeah yeah that kind of yeah I'm just I'm not saint material um so yeah so we're gonna so basically it's a community to deal with all of that Lent drama um and so <clears throat> I have a worksheet that it's just one a4 page and it leads you through a process where you like brain dump your thoughts about lent or it could be not lent related but let's just say it is um and you each day you just write down 
your drama that you have about your failures yesterday or for the day or whatever, um, just whatever's on your mind. Failures of your of what you're giving up or failures in general? Um, like, just anything that you feel like I it's lent. You're failing it. It's lent and I'm supposed to be blah. I'm supposed here, to be more I'm like here. this. Yeah. Um, like this shouldn't be happening. This is what I want my lent to be, but this is what it is. And all the drama that we have about that. Um, so, so, yeah, you're just writing that out, unfiltered version, and then choosing one of those thoughts and then you're going to ask yourself when I think this thought how do I feel when I feel this way what am I doing what am I not doing what am I avoiding doing what virtues or vices are showing up just how how am I showing up in my life when I think this thought um, and then you reflect on that with our Lord and ask him like what his interpretation is of this um, and whether there's something else that he wants you to think instead. Um, and yeah, the idea being, it's just a really simple, basic process to help you become more aware of what you're thinking so that you can examine it, bring it to light, bring it to our Lord, experience more healing and choose something different if you want to. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so that's, a daily thing should take no more than 10 minutes. Um, and you can use this no matter what your Lenten resolutions are. Um, and then each week there will be a community call on Zoom. And what we'll be doing on there is, well, I'll tell you what we won't be doing. It won't be like everybody goes around and shares their two cents of how their week has gone because it wouldn't be worth watching the replay of that, but you will get a replay. Um, so, um, and that can just be a little bit awkward and, and time consuming and whatever. So what it'll be is like, I'll get people to share their wins and insights they've had from the week in the comments. Maybe if someone had a really big one, they might share it. Um, but then mostly it's going to be, I'm going to be talking to a few people, two to four people, depending on time. And showing them their mind and everybody else will see as well and of course whatever people are comfortable with sharing is what they'll share but it'll what you'll get out of it is you'll realize how not alone you are <laughs> in your thoughts um which is just so encouraging and when you watch like when you see or hear someone else like going through something that's similar to what you're struggling with it helps you in your own interior life as well um and so yeah it's just such a powerful thing and i'm just really excited to be doing it totally for free so that people can experience how life-changing it can be awesome so where can they find you What's um so the so um to sign up you go to um www.subscribepage.com forward slash Lent community. I'll we'll put the link in the show notes, but um excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um and yeah, and I guess like the key to all of it is that we think that our Lent is going to be about what we do, the Lenten resolution that we make. But it's not. The quality of our Lent, the fruitfulness of our Lent is dependent on what we're thinking when we do those things. It doesn't actually matter what we choose to give up 
mm. or how well you stick to it, it's not what we do. The, the anthropology of the human person is the results, the, the good or bad fruits are going to come first from your thoughts. Like, okay. and you'll, you see it on that sheet. There's the thought and then that makes you feel a certain way and then that emotion drives certain behaviours, certain actions. And um, so, yeah, there's, there's so much going on before the actual actions. So, and it's, it's that do small things with great love of St. Therese, like, the, the way that you do that is the like the, the how great the love is with which you do things is dependent on the thoughts that you're thinking. So, yeah. I mean, you just find this all through scripture and all through um, what the saints say. And it's, um, yeah, and yeah. it's so. My most great, my most fruitful Lent was one that I didn't, you know, do the, the hardest sacrifices mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Or not hardest, like most physically demanding or, you know, mm-hmm. um, it was mm-hmm. the ones that I put the most love into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was taking care of um, my prayer life. Like journal- it was actually is when my journaling journey began and mm. I had to do it every day. Awesome. Um, yeah. So, so I, you I, probably, it was probably because you were more aware of your thoughts because you were capturing them on paper and then mm. more able to choose different things. Yes. And yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you very much for that. Is there anything else before we finish up? Is there anything else you would like to mention? Um, so um, they can find you at? Um, Fiat? Yeah, Wholehearted Fiat. So if you look for Wholehearted Fiat on um Facebook, Wholehearted Fiat Coaching on Instagram. Um, there's, I have a Facebook group as well, which is called Aussie Catholic Women Growing in Holiness, um, okay. which is just all about if you're like serious about growing in holiness and you don't want like people going on about their pet peeves <laughs> in the world and the church, there's none of that. It's just like, let's become saints okay. without any drama about anything else um so uh anything else yeah no that's all did i have anything else i wanted to say um and yeah and i guess just just making it bigger picture um like it's not just lent it's everything that when like our it's what our it's what we're thinking that creates our results. So if you feel like you're not, you know, that St. Catherine of Siena quote, um, be who you are, be who God made you to be and you set the world ablaze. Whether you're setting the world ablaze or not doesn't depend on like whether you found your vocation, what job you have, whether you're like the specifics of what you're doing each day. It's dependent on whether you're thinking thoughts that are such that you're setting the world ablaze. So um, like just that that process of, it's easy to think of receptivity and surrender as passive. And it wasn't until I discovered mindset work that I realized how active they actually are. Like all of this work on your thoughts is very active. It's a lot of work, Um, but you become so much more able I find to surrender and be receptive to the Holy Spirit through this active work. Um, 
and yeah so it's not it's not what you do it's what you're thinking when you do it that is gonna make you a saint well it's not it's not what you do it's how you do it and how you do it is how you train your thoughts to what what your thoughts are thinking in whilst doing it right yep yep exactly um oh well well i wish you all the best and i hope have you got many women signed up or do we do we we've got about 40 so far so the more the merrier everybody's awesome so that's awesome yeah and lent's such a good time to start because it's a time um in the church where we're more intentional Mm -hmm. about you know starting something to um you know, I was telling my kids in the car this morning, we have to, you know, we should be thinking about not only giving up something, but doing something mm-hmm. for our Lord. And um, this could be it, the, the yeah. journaling journey. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're listening to this and Lent has already started, that you can join anytime during Lent. I will leave registration open. Um, so, yeah, you are most welcome and you'll if you join like at week five you'll be able to still watch the replays from the previous weeks so okay um, uh, uh, yeah. when it when is it live or it's just yes have to be wouldn't it it's a zoom call yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so so you'll when you sign up you get a link to Time join time. the zoom calls and like when the calls are it'll be different times each week and um and then after the calls and putting them on a private youtube so people who sign up will get a link to that and yeah fantastic thank you so much monica um i hope you um you meet also some some wonderful women in that in your lenten frustration free lent (laughs) yeah yes it's going to be awesome i'm excited to we just need an army of women who are setting australia on fire with the whole absolutely like that we so easy to get I think bogged down in like all the issues in the country and the world but it's and like oh it's so overwhelming how are we ever going to fix it but there's only one thing necessary and that is to make the sincere and best gift of yourself that you can and so just let's go and do that Um, exactly yeah awesome and start the best time to start is now yep so let's start yep all right thank you so much Monica I um I will be thinking maybe I might join your group. I've got help. You're most help welcome. Me. Thank you. Thank it's you worth much. doing even just for the worksheet. So you don't have to awesome. come to the calls or anything. Or you can just do the calls and not the worksheet. Either okay. Or. So, yeah. Thank you very much. It sounds like your daughter's awake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jess. Thank you, Monica. See Bye. you. Bye. Bye.